Hello and welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, a shopping guide to unique jewelry, arriving trends, and plenty of helpful tips. I'm your host, jewelry guide, and graduate gemologist, Brenna Pakes. Welcome aboard. You're listening to Jewelry Navigator, episode number one. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source for unique jewelry and arriving trends to stay ahead of the fashion curve. You'll hear what inspires the jewelers and designers I feature to create outside the jewelry box. As a graduate gemologist and your host, I'll guide you with insider tips on how to shop for, design, and care for your jewelry with confidence. To keep updated on weekly jewelry discoveries, subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator passport at jewelrynavigator.com. You can find show notes and weekly features here as well, and find daily departures for jewelry inspiration on Instagram and Facebook at Jewelry Navigator. Thank you so much for joining me and enjoy the episode. Hey there, and welcome to the maiden episode of Jewelry Navigator podcast. I'm Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a background in geology. I've been a jewelry consultant in the private sector and am now a guide to unique jewelry and unusual gems from around the world. With an intermittent career as a flight attendant, I combined aviation and jewelry to make jewelry news and tips fun through a blog, a weekly newsletter called the Jewelry Navigator Passport. And no, it doesn't take four to six weeks to get your passport. You just go online, jewelrynavigator.com and apply for one. And now also a podcast. I advocate for indie jewelers and designers by showcasing their jewelry and telling their stories because their jewelry defies commercial boundaries and trends. So if you like to stand out from the crowd, come with me. So on Jewelry Navigator, we depart for new jewelry discoveries and offer in-flight tips on how to care for your current jewelry treasures while looking for new ones. You can find all the links to the jewelry and designers that I mentioned today in a coordinating blog post that is released on Thursdays, and that you can find on jewelrynavigator.com. While you're there, be sure to apply for your Jewelry Navigator passport to get future boarding passes to upcoming podcast episodes and other exciting jewelry arrivals. So today is March 13th, and I don't know when or who designated as National Jewel Day, but March 13th is National Jewel Day, which is awesome. It's a perfect day to also talk about jewels and gems and jewelry. And with March, there are lots of reasons to celebrate, including things being green and lots of green gemstones, which are amazing. And I think the iconic gemstone most people think of when they think of green stones are emeralds. But if you don't know other ones that exist, you'll probably be surprised about one that I'm going to talk about today. And as a spring break bonus, I'll share where you can find modern treasure on what was once known as the Pirate Coast of Florida. I feel like green is the color that doesn't take sides. You remember learning about the color spectrum and that catchy acronym Roy G. Biv, right? How the colors and the rainbow go in a progression of colors from warm to cool colors 
red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, where green is sitting right in the middle, kind of as a neutral party. It's bright yet calming at the same time. It's also the color that conjures up the welcoming of spring, the color worn on St. Patrick's Day, and the color of emeralds. Even though emeralds are the iconic green gemstone, there are others worth getting to know. Exotic, maybe? Expensive? Not really. Most gem quality minerals form in all colorless. All colors, from clear or colorless to black. In the green ones, there's a range from Kelly green and dark green all the way to seafoam green. But the one I'm going to be talking about today, you're more familiar with the red variety of garnet. This garnet happens to be green and it's called Savorite. It's spelled T-S-A-V-O-R-I-T-E and it was first discovered in the Savo National Park in Kenya in the late 60s. Savorite is an exceptional choice for an intense green stone for jewelry. It rivals emerald in the color. It's very similar, but it has a deeper, more pure green, and it's a lot clearer. It's more durable than emerald, and it's also completely natural. A lot of emeralds are oiled or treated so that it enhances the colors, whereas Savorite, this particular kind of garnet, it's untreated. It comes out of the ground this exact color, which is so exciting and it's incredibly beautiful. On the blog on Thursday, I'll post a couple of YouTube videos that actually show the process of miners in Kenya. So now I'm going to geology geek out on you a little bit and explain why and how Savorite formed where it did, but I promise it's a really cool story. So Savorite is part of a treasure trove of gemstones discovered in the mineral-rich band that sweeps from the southwestern tip of Africa in Namib- Namibia, that's hard to say, <laughs> up the eastern side all the way up to Ethiopia. Now, garnets are a common byproduct of metamorphic rocks and are often found in schists. It's a type of rock that metamorphosed from a shale and a shale formed in a quiet marine environment, like a deep ocean marine environment. So yes, that tells us that at one time, this part of Africa was once submerged under the ocean. In the case of Savorite, this makes sense. Because the two elements present in the organic material that once made up the original rock formations where we find savorite contain vanadium and chromium, and those are the two elements responsible for that intense pure green color of savorite. This region of Africa is like a gemstone bakery. I mean, there are so many gorgeous gemstones that are coming out of this area of Africa. It had a tumultuous history, geologic history, with a lot of orogenic activity of subduction zones and plate tectonic collisions. And the pressure and heat applied to that rock during all of that tectonic activity in those areas where savorite is found was really intense. There was a large-scale crushing and folding of rock layers 
and it made the rock layers look like Christmas ribbon candy once they were exposed in the formations. Lucky for us, the right minerals and conditions and forces were present, and savorite crystals grew within those layers of transformed shale. But as the pressure unfolding was so intense, the savorite crystals were often found crushed by the very force from which they were formed. So it's really rare to find savorite crystals any larger than an average of five carats, but I have a picture of one and a jeweler who set one that I'll show you on Thursday in the blog post of an eight plus carat savorite that is to die for. Okay, now on to some jewelry that I can talk to you about and show you in the blog post on Thursday. And you can actually find some of these pieces too in the Jewelry Navigator Passport newsletter um, from this week. So if you want to subscribe to that and catch that newsletter, just send me a note or go ahead and hop on over to jewelrynavigator.com and subscribe to that. You can also um, send me a quick note, email, message, anywhere, Instagram, and uh, let me know that you want to be subscribed to the Jewelry Navigator Passport, and I will go ahead and take care of that for you and get that in the email to you. Thesis Gems not only showcases the vibrant green garnet savorite in her jewelry lines, but she also enlists green practices in her jewelry production by taking care to use gems and minerals or materials that have been ethically sourced. With an organic but elegant feel, Thesis Gem Collections sets vibrant gems in 18 karat yellow gold jewelry. It's all hand fabricated and often she uses a hammered finish, which makes it even look more intriguing and organic, just very comfortable, looks really comfortable to wear. I wanted to learn a little bit more about the designer behind Thesis Gems. Her name is Kate Claus. And here's what her bio says from her about page on her website, thesisgems.com. I took a circuitous path to gems and jewelry. A practicing pediatrician with a background in science, I've always been drawn to the magic and beauty of gems. As a young child growing up in New York, I would take long hikes with my father to collect quartz and other minerals. I was thrilled by the magnificent array of color and brilliance the earth could yield. I soon became fascinated by the role of gems and jewelry and culture. They are truly at the intersection of art, nature, and history. To this day, one of my great pleasures is visiting jewelry in the context of art in museums far and wide. The more I learned, the more challenging it became to find gems and jewelry that I felt proud to buy and wear. I wanted to know where my gems came from, how they were mined, and how the miners and environment were treated, but the journey of each gem was rarely traceable. I found I founded Thesis Gems to answer these questions and to give others a source for precious jewelry they can love without reservation. My promise is to provide jewelry that lasts lifetime and helps build a more just and sustainable future for our planet. Thesis Gem also gives back to the planet through a program called 1% for the Planet and Giving Back, where 1% of their gross sales are given to specific organizations that fight for the planet, like in her case, the California Coast Keeper Alliance. 
You can read more about Thesis Gems and 1% for the Planet and Giving Back at her website, thesisgems.com. The next jeweler and designer I want to tell you about is Nayla Shami. I met her a few weeks ago at the Metal and Smith Winter Edit in New York City, and I was so thrilled to meet her. I was really looking forward to it because her designs are so intriguing and colorful. Her design logo is called Tradition Forged with Unique Vision, which it truly is. She's from Lubbock, Texas, but originally from Beirut, Lebanon, where she still has a lot of artists and jewelers who do the metalworking for her jewelry, but a lot of it is made in Lubbock, Texas. Some of my favorite pieces that Nayla makes are her Native American 18-karat yellow gold war bonnet, set with multiple colored gemstones, actually sapphires, champagne diamonds, and savorite garnets. It's stunning and would be so amazing to be able to wear and love. Uh, The other collection that she does, I love them all, but there were a couple in particular. And um, one is a Medal of Honor collection of necklaces that she makes to look like traditional medals of honor. Many are set with savorite garnet stripes, stars, laurels, and lucky clovers. Her savorite line bracelet really caught my attention, um, especially for this feature talking about savorite garnets. It's a slim line bracelet in a cuff style where savorite garnets bridge across the top of it and it's set in sterling silver. Beautiful jewelry. I really enjoy seeing her as a as an up and coming up and coming designer. As I said before, all of these pieces of jewelry that I'm mentioning, I will feature on the blog post, and some of them are actually in the newsletter that I sent out announcing the launch of the podcast. The next jeweler who I follow and just really enjoy seeing his jewelry is R. Simentov in Nantucket, Massachusetts. And he's the jeweler. You've got to go see his Instagram feed because this is who has that eight plus carat Savorite garnet. He has it preset on bezel set rings. It's an amazing example of a large Savorite garnet. His other jewelry is tremendous, like museum quality jewelry. I really look forward to featuring him sometime and learning more about him and his, um, his family business. Two other designers and jewelers I really enjoy following. I'm also featuring with their Savorite jewelry this week. One is Gigi Ferranti. She's in New York and has stores in different locations. Um, London Jewelers in New York carries her line. And she also has a studio, her main studio in Brooklyn, New York. I love how her jewelry is geometric and yet it has a lot of meaning and insight to the foundations of her collections. Her signature is a stacking collection made with a diamond lattice pattern. So Gigi's ring that I feature on the blog post for Thursday is part of this collection and it has green savorite garnets stationed in between the spaces of the lattice. It's set in 14 karat gold. 
you can find Gigi at gigiferranti.com. She also has an amazing interactive lookbook for 2018 with a lot of her newest designs. One of my favorite pieces that she does, it's really innovative. It's a locket that opens and on one side it has a mirror. How cool is that? But one of those lockets is on the front cover of her lookbook. And the final designer and jeweler that I'm featuring this week, her name is Lori Friedman of Lori and Jewelry. She was the 2017 winner of the Jewelers of America New Designer Award. I love her innovative designs and the layers of gems that she uses to interpret her jewelry vision. Her slice earrings hold pear-shaped savorite garnet dangles in front of two slices of high-polished gemstones, one being Rose de France amethyst and the other slice citrine. Before I go on, I just want to explain that I do not receive any form of compensation for the, from these designers. I do this purely out of appreciation for what they do, and I feel like I need to tell the world about them and share what they do, what they make, why they do it with shoppers who are looking for something unique different, unusual things that resonate with what they believe and what their values are. So I hope you can take some things away from today's podcast. Go check these jewelers out if you're in their areas. Gigi and Lorianne are in New York City. You can find Gigi Ferrante in London Jewelers in New York City, as well as at her studio. Lorianne is in New York City as well. And Thesis Gems is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Nayla Shami is in Lubbock, Texas, and R. Simantov in Nantucket, Massachusetts. I thank you so much for being curious enough to check this out. I hope you come back next week and join me. And before I go, after I introduce the featured designer for today, I will tell you a little bit about what I'll be talking about next week. All right. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this journey today with me and come back again. Bowman Originals is a small shop, studio, and lapidary in the historic district of downtown Sarasota. It's also where Ned Bowman, a true jewelry artisan, creates jewelry that echoes from a time when pirates chased ships heavy with gold, silver, and gems in the waters off the west coast of Florida. I visited with Ned via phone call on February 20th and am thrilled to be sharing his story and a place for visitors and residents in the Sarasota area to visit for jewelry treasures of their own. A southern gentleman and jeweler, Bowman shared his story from the streets of the French Quarter in New Orleans to a street lined with palm trees in Sarasota, a stone's throw from the Sarasota Bay. Before sterling silver became acceptable contenders in the fine jewelry arena and before the Hardy and Yerman designer craze, Bowman's jewelry was featured in the Saks and Neiman Marcus department stores. In 2009, he decided to transition from the wholesale area, leave his department store accounts behind, and open a small shop in the historic downtown area of Sarasota. Influenced by the rich culture of Baton Rouge where he grew up, 
Bowman draws on the inspiration of the blended and timeless style of French, Spanish, and Cajun cultures. Growing up in Louisiana, he credits visits to Rothschild's Antiques on Royal Street in New Orleans as the beginning of his jewelry career. While his parents shopped for antiques, dressed in a blue blazer and slacks, the young Bowman would keep entertained as Mrs. Greenblatt gave private jewelry presentations to him. There, the seed for appreciation for vintage pieces and jewelry history grew into a lifelong pursuit. Bowman attended Tulane University and Northern Arizona University to earn a bachelor's in fine arts degree. Since the age of 15, he's been practicing his craft of jewelry arts and has created his own unique style using traditional methods with engraving and glass enameling. Adding more dimension to his craft and jewelry, Bowman is also a lapidary and fashions gemstones that are set into his jewelry. Although most of Bowman original jewelry is purchased by local shoppers, many who visit to escape northern winters and from European cities return home with Bowman's treasures. Several celebrities wear Bowman originals like Madonna, Cher, and Joe Perry of Aerosmith, just to name a few. The purpose and focus of Jewelry Navigator is to point your compass to true north for unique jewelry, which often points to handmade and custom jewelry. Bowman delivers on all those points. Most jewelry in stores today is mass-produced overseas. With the exception of a few clasps, all of Bowman's pieces are handmade, like the engraved and enamel-linked links of his bracelets and chains, the ornate clasps on larger pieces, and hand-stamped coin replicas. He opts to stay pure to hand fabrication rather than computerized assisted design. Through the decades, Bowman observed the rise of women in the workplace and began catering to them with jewelry that easily transitions for all occasions. He often creates one-of-a-kind pieces for clients, and 70% of his business is custom work. Regardless, each Bowman original piece is truly original. Handmade, engraved, and finished, Bowman's jewelry is rich in texture, weight, and detail. The fleur-de-lis is an iconic and historical symbol from the French exploration and influence in New Orleans, which Bowman uses to salute his ties to the Delta area. Bowman's designs are seasoned with influence from classic mythology and historic icons and would make the pirates of the past envious of his modern-day jewelry treasures. I'll be featuring many of Bowman Originals jewelry on my Instagram feed through the week, as well as on the blog post coming up on this Thursday. If you happen to be in the Sarasota area, whether you're visiting or living, stop in and say hello. Take a look around. I think you'll really admire his work and his craft just as much as I do. I look forward to the day when I can stop in myself. So as promised, let me share with you a little bit about what we'll be exploring next week. Continuing on with the green theme, I will visit some designers who practice more of green environmental practices in their jewelry production. We'll also talk more about adding more green to your wallet when it comes to your jewelry. So we're going to dig for treasure, buried treasure, lost treasure in your jewelry boxes. And I'll tell you how you can recover $500 and up 
in money lost and waiting to be rediscovered in your jewelry box. So until next week, jewelry navigators, prepare for your jewelry arrival, cross-check those clasps and safety chains, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.